0: Hello, I'm Tom Fraser, and this is the Tom Fraser Podcast. Today, I'm in New York talking with Jacqueline Poe. Jackie is the Managing Director of Singapore's Economic Development Board. The EDB is a government agency responsible for building and strengthening Singapore's position as a global center for business, talent, and innovation. As we are about to discuss, the business opportunities in Singapore and Southeast Asia are big perhaps much larger than many people might realize. Singapore, with a population of about 5.7 million people, might be relatively small. But when you think of Singapore as a central business hub for the 700 million person Southeast Asian market, then the business calculation becomes much more interesting. Southeast Asia is emerging as both a rapidly growing consumer market and a rapidly expanding manufacturing center. Given Southeast Asia's recent growth, the business opportunities here are quite significant. It is my distinct pleasure to be sitting here at the EDB's offices in New York talking with Jackie Poe. Jackie, thank you for meeting with me this morning. Uh, Before we dive into the main theme of this podcast business opportunities in Singapore and Southeast Asia, give us a brief overview of Singapore's Economic Development Board. What is the EDB? What does it do?
1: Thank you very much for having me on the show, Tom. The EDB is a government agency in Singapore, and our job is to get companies from around the world to set up in Singapore, uh, to expand in Singapore, or to transform their operations in Singapore so that we can create economic growth and good jobs uh, for the country. More tangibly, our role is really to help companies grow and make it easy for companies to invest in Singapore. The way that we do it is, first of all, uh, by raising awareness uh, about what Singapore can do for a company and by providing information, connections and government support that they need. Another thing that we do is to build ecosystems so that companies can have the supply networks, the distribution networks and everything else that they need uh, in order to succeed uh, in doing business in Asia. Uh, This includes ecosystems of talent Um, providing infrastructure, uh, providing a great capital ecosystem, because Singapore is, like New York, a tier one financial center. I'd just like to give you a little anecdote um, of how Singapore built some of these ecosystems in the past. Um, In in the 1990s, uh, we wanted to build a competitive chemicals industry in Singapore. What we did at that time was to create an island that did not exist before. It was an entirely artificial island called Jurong Island, And we made it through land reclamation off the coast of Singapore so that companies could build their refineries and their plants and their facilities um, on that island. Um, So that we go through quite lengthy um, measures in order to make companies feel at home and to make them feel as though um, their feedstock, their customers are all neatly available in one place. So the great thing about Singapore is that it's a very dense city and that it is very progressive in terms of wanting to be digital, smart, green, and so on. So this is some of the stuff that EDB does on a day-to-day basis.
0: The oil and gas industry example, I think, is a really interesting one. And it really shows the extent that uh, Singapore and the EDB will go to, to develop industries. And as we know, a, like a huge industry got, has been developed there. Now that we've had an introduction to the EDB, let's talk about the big picture in Southeast Asia. First, uh, how big is the Southeast Asian economy and how fast is
1: it growing? Southeast Asia is a pretty big market. And I think it's one of the reasons why many companies, especially from the U.S., uh, choose to use Singapore as a gateway. And as a regional headquarters or even a global headquarters, um, just in order to access the Southeast Asian production, as well as the Southeast Asian market. Southeast Asia is one of the world's last growth frontiers for business. Um, It's currently the world's fifth largest economy, and we're still on track to become the fourth largest economy by 2030, and that's behind China, India, and the United States. The interesting thing about Southeast Asia is the demographics. And by this, I mean the income demographics, and I mean the uh, age demographics. We're looking at a population that's very young. Um, compared to a lot of um, countries in the developed world, over 60% of the region's people are under the age of 35. In the whole of Southeast Asia, we're looking at a market and a labor force base of about 700 million, which is huge. Now, this is a population that's also becoming increasingly middle-class, increasingly affluent, and increasingly digital. Particularly in the last two years with the pandemic, we are looking at um, a, a, a population base in Southeast Asia that has uh, taken on digital uh, e-commerce and internet economy fintech um, applications uh, with gusto. So it is a very interesting market for a lot of companies to want to explore at this point of time.
0: Yeah, yeah, the digital growth in uh, Southeast Asia I've just been found just pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, looking at a lot of a lot of countries. In addition to um, having a large and very fast-growing economy and a large population base, Southeast Asia is also emerging more and more as a manufacturing and production base. To start here, uh, tell us about some of the big trends you're seeing on, on the manufacturing and production side.
1: Southeast Asia makes a lot of sense to a lot of companies that want to do uh, manufacturing and the ability to build their product, design their product, uh, and also ship their product um, from Southeast Asia has become increasingly uh, compelling as a proposition after the pandemic and also with a number of perhaps geopolitical tensions in the world today. Uh, we think that with these geopolitical political tensions, and also some of the COVID-induced strains on the global supply chain, um, a lot of companies are beginning to tell us that they want to diversify their supply chains. They want to diversify their operational footprints. And they have found that Southeast Asia is a very good place to try and mitigate their operational risks. You've got Malaysia, you've got Indonesia, you've got Thailand, you've got Vietnam in Southeast Asia. These are among the top 10 most competitive manufacturing locations in the world. They have infrastructure, human capital, and utility costs, which are reasonable and definitely comparable to, say, greater China. Uh, So whether or not we're talking about manufacturing facility or a data center or other mission critical investments, manufacturing in Southeast Asia has become important to companies Uh, who want their supply chains to be um, closer to each other, to be intact in order to access uh, the Asian market particularly. In addition, um, we are doing a number of things um, to uh, not just make Southeast Asia a cost-competitive location, uh, but also to be um, a more integrated proposition for manufacturing companies. Uh, to make it easy for companies to set up in the locations within Southeast Asia, the EDB has developed something we call the Southeast Asia Manufacturing Alliance. Um, so that manufacturers who want to get to from Singapore uh, to industrial parks in Indonesia, Malaysia, and Vietnam can have very easy access. So if you're part of the Southeast Asia Manufacturing Alliance, um, As a company, you can get preferential access to any one of these industrial parks and also grants, um, better pricing, and and, um, plug and play connections to all the regional suppliers. So there's the natural advantages of Southeast Asia as a manufacturing hub. uh, And there's also the ones that from a policy perspective, different countries have gotten together to make it more interesting uh, for manufacturers.
0: And, Jackie, you make a very good point. The, the EDB provides a lot of very practical help in terms of, say, relationship building, finding contractors, subcontractors, that kind of thing throughout the region. One other thing I'd like to focus on right here for a minute. Tell us about the Singapore Plus model, just as an example. Uh, tell us how the Singapore Plus model is applied close to home at Batam Island uh, in in Indonesia which is very close to Singapore.
1: This is a really interesting new thing that um we've been working on for a few years now. Um we know that Singapore is a small country, uh we're highly developed and it is not necessarily the right place uh, to put um manufacturing for example that is um requires a a much higher cost advantage. But fortunately, uh, Singapore happens to be close to a lot of Southeast Asian countries um, that have that cost advantage um, and have the manpower that is needed to propel the growth um, of a lot of companies. Singapore is about six hours away by flight from any Southeast Asian location. But particularly, the two countries that are right next to us, which is Malaysia and Indonesia uh, provide a very uh, interesting proposition for a company that wants to do um, business in Singapore as a HQ or to do R and D in Singapore, taking advantage of our very sophisticated um, IP regime as well as our researchers and scientists. Uh, but then they want to build their product or manufacture their product in a more cost competitive location. For Singapore Plus, we have Johor, which is right next to us in Malaysia. And we have Batam, which is an Indonesian island uh, that is a 45-minute ferry ride from Singapore. Batam is so close to Singapore, it's only a 45-minute ferry ride away, uh, that you can liken it to taking the New York ferry uh, from Astoria in Queens to Wall Street in Manhattan. So that's 45 minutes. Johor, which is right across a land bridge from Singapore, is very similar uh, to the relationship between San Diego and Tijuana um, in terms of the time it takes to to get there and the ability to perform economic activities uh, in in Mexico if you are a U.S. company. Um, These are a great uh, set of assets uh, that exist in Southeast Asia. For companies that want to put data centers in a more com- cost competitive location that has access to renewable energy through solar, um, that has uh, access to available labor uh, that you might find at a more co- cost competitive rate than Singapore. It is also uh, a good place to put manufacturing. Uh, And it's also a great place to put um, even a data center and digital activities, which we're increasingly building out uh, in Batam. Um, So Singapore in itself is not never going to be as powerful as the triple proposition of Singapore plus Batam uh, plus Johor. And we know a number of companies, whether in semiconductors or in tech, who've decided to take advantage of this triple proposition uh, to grow out their digital or their manufacturing businesses, including in semiconductors, uh, including in software development, um, and including uh, regional distribution centers. So that's logistics.
0: Jackie, thank you. This has been really interesting. This is the conclusion of the first segment of my interview with Jackie Poe, the Managing Director of Singapore's Economic Development Board. To learn more, please go to the second segment of my interview. For more information on Singapore's Economic Development Board and business opportunities in Singapore and Southeast Asia, let me recommend you visit the EDB's website, www.edb.gov.sg. There is a wealth of very helpful information there.